<laughs> you know how it goes. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Women at Work, a podcast devoted to sharing real stories in real time. I'm Danielle, and I'm joined today by my co-founder, Shivali, and our guest of honor, Jordan Meekham. On today's episode, we're going to get the inside take from a recent college graduate, a woman in business, and an avid world traveler. Come on now, you can't go spoiling everything we're going to talk about today. But seriously, I'm so excited to hear from Jordan. So without wasting any more time, let's get started and dive right in. And don't forget about the daily segment waiting for you at the end. What will be Jordan's fight song? Yeah, yeah. Now can we get started already? Well, in that case, without further ado, Jordan Miko. Well, thank y'all so much for thinking of me for this. Yeah, of course. course. Yeah, we're so excited. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's quite the honor to be speaking with you today. Oh my goodness, you're you're so sweet. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I, I'm really curious. Um, tell me about your podcast. How long have you guys been up and running? So it's been a couple months now. We've had the idea for um, a while now. Whenever we first <clears throat> met during actually orientation at a new school, but um, I think we instantly had this bond, and we were like oh, we have to do something. We never quite sure what it was, but um, with COVID and being home with all this time, we actually finally got to materialize this idea and get it up and running. Oh, very good. I, <laughs> I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I think it's really good too. I, was, I know with COVID and everything, mm-hmm. yeah. we're just totally one, totally quarantined. And I was a um, the, the class of 2020 so mm-hmm. I, obviously I got the whole you know graduation is going to be postponed and everything mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. let's just agree you know this pandemic has just totally like just kind of thrown us off guard like yeah. what in the world like you know, <laughs> we look back on this yeah. in a couple of years you're like oh my goodness I remember that yeah let's not have mm-hmm. that happen again okay oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shival, you want to take it away? Yeah. So first things first, a huge congratulations. We hear you recently graduated from college. You Penn, right? Yes, I did. I graduated um, from Wharton. I have a finance degree and a studies degree as well. So I'm very, very, it wasn't exactly the um, college graduation ceremony <laughs> I think you're all hoping for, but mm-hmm. still, you know, I'm still very happy and, and very blessed to um, still graduate from Penn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I have to ask, how was graduation for you this year? Granted, it wasn't your typical graduation you expected, but how did you adapt and adjust and did you learn anything from having a remote experience oh man yeah that that's a that's a great question because um if i'm going to be perfectly honest here it took a lot of uh reflection mm-hmm. um uh, we found i found out that well first things first um harvard princeton they had announced that they were um closing their schools and told everybody they had to pack up and leave whereas penn uh we weren't told yet like you know they had um, harvard and princeton they announced Monday, whereas we, you know, they pended announced until Wednesday that they mm-hmm. were going to. Them. And mm-hmm. I was on spring break with my friends at the time, and I think we were just all kind of um, surprised and shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, I at one point I was kind of really upset, but that was with the school. But that was mainly because a lot of my friends are international students, and they mm-hmm. just suddenly had to pack up and leave, and I wouldn't probably be seeing them for a while mm-hmm. you know and even though they postponed graduation till next year mm-hmm. you know I don't know to say if they will you know feel motivated to just come back and graduate because mm-hmm. it's just you know it was supposed mm-hmm. to be our year mm-hmm. um and then after I came back from spring break that was actually the same day that um 
they were saying, um, if you're on campus, not on campus, you need to just pack up and leave. And that same day, mm-hmm. I was supposed to be fitted for a cap and gown. Oh, wow. um, so, you know, um, I already had graduation photos taken. They were already sent to the house. When mm-hmm. I came home and my mom showed me the photos, I'm not going to lie. I started crying because <laughs> I was devastated. I, I like, I was like, I really wanted this college graduation, but then it really kind of, you know, you had to step back a moment and just think, you know, we are in a global, we're in a pandemic here mm-hmm. and this is out of our control. And that's, that's what happens in life. There are going to be things about you that you have no control. And mm-hmm. for someone like me, who's been a perfect, try- who tried so hard to be a perfectionist, want everything to just go my way and have a hundred percent control. Um, this was a lesson for me saying sometimes things just happen. They don't go your way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't, how can you master life if they're not going to throw things at you? You know, that's the mm-hmm. whole point of it. So mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it was very heartbreaking because, yeah, I did have to say goodbye to a lot of friends. Um, I had to leave school early. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, we I found, you know, brighter sides. There's still Skype. There's still FaceTime. So I was able mm-hmm. to get in touch with my friend. We could laugh and talk. And, mm-hmm. and Penn has made a great effort on their end rescheduling reposting um graduation to next year granted it's going to be a week after the class of 2021 but still um but it's it's definitely um it's it's moments like these where you have to try and see the lighter side the positive side of things because Mm -hmm. you know in life there's always going to be good and bad if you focus on the bad it just makes everything else just so depressing and you just lose hope and that's just what I try to not do, you know, everything in life is always a positive. And if you focus on that, things were, are going to turn around and you won't even expect it. And that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think both Shivali and I can relate to a lot of things you were saying. Um, at our high school, we have um, some international students as well who had to pack up, go home because of the situations going on. And I think it was a lot of those goodbyes we never got to say to our seniors or to some of our friends, which I think I can be devastating, and especially for you graduating from college, never getting that real graduation. As I mean, you guys are getting it next year, but um, yeah, I think it, it is. won't be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, you just have to look at the positive, and I think that's mm-hmm. what you said is pretty important. It, it's just you know mm-hmm. when you when you've really kind of go gone to school with your friends for four years Mm -hmm. and then just in an instant they're saying you have to pack up and leave because Mm -hmm. let's let's like just be let's be logical here they had to be very careful I think they waited in making that announcement because Mm -hmm. if they said it there was no going back they can't just Mm -hmm. say okay well things are good coming or looking better now you guys can come back like no Mm -hmm. they can't just do that they realize that once they send this email seeing how this pandemic how the levels of cases were rising they Mm -hmm. knew that this was going to be the final decision and it was just, it, it has to be what it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and sure. on the note of collegiate studies and education, um, could you tell us a little bit more about what truly drew you towards the campus and how did you make a uh, executive de- decision on where you were going to attend college? Wow. That's, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a good question. Cause I mean, this was uh, four years ago now. That's, that's how old I'm getting. That's too funny. <laughs> um, I remember just, well, I, I was a, junior uh, in high school and I was mm-hmm. just trying to do my best in all of my classes and then when senior year came they said this is the time to now start looking at colleges mm-hmm. it kind of just almost blindsided me because I was just mm-hmm. like wait you know where am I going <laughs> to go where am I going to look mm-hmm. and at the time you know I, I had no idea I was just thinking I don't know maybe I should stay in my home state in Georgia maybe I should go to California um, mm-hmm. who knows 
But then my talking to parents and college counselors, they told me, well, why don't you one not stay in Georgia, but also kind of not go so far out west to California? Why don't you like look in the northeast? I Mm -hmm. think that you should have tried, you know, applying for these like really kind of big prestigious schools Mm -hmm. and I said oh my gosh like you know no are you kidding me like that's like that's like a straight up like rejection Mm -hmm. you know it's hard (laughs) facing rejection no one likes being said no to so you know I was just like ah that's that's really scary and you know they said you won't know unless you don't try Mm -hmm. so looking at the northeast uh, my mom and I we visited Penn and mm-hmm. I just, I fell in love with it. Just walking along Locust Walk, seeing the Wharton building. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just something like I could see myself actually being here on campus. And at mm-hmm. that same time, one of the admissions uh, people, they were saying, if you apply early decision, you mm-hmm. have a better chance of getting in. Mm-hmm. And with that, I was like, oh, okay. So I applied mm-hmm. early decision. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was I think I was the only person in my house that day um, that they were going to release the results around five o'clock. It was like four fifty eight, four fifty nine. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there just looking at my computer screen. I'm like, OK, whatever is going to happen right when they hit yeah. five o'clock, like clockwork. You know, they were saying you your decision letter. And, oh you know, I, I'm sure like, you know, you, you you see all these videos of kids when they get accepted into their dream school, how they just lose their mind. Yeah. I, <laughs> my one regret is not recording my reaction. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've um, seen those videos. They're so entertaining. They're so fun. I mean, you just you're just so thrilled for them. You're so happy mm-hmm. for them. I mean, the first thing I remember is just hearing the music. I heard it was the um, it, it was their song. And I was just I, I just started screaming. Like, oh, my gosh. I, I'm pretty sure my neighbors called the cops on me at one point. They thought I was being murdered or something. But, like, no, it was good. Um, but after that, you know, I was just like, wow. You know, I mm-hmm. was, you know, they pushed me to take a chance to take a leap of faith, which is, you know, difficult for a lot of people. Because then you're going to be one you're putting yourself out there out of your comfort zone, which is what I felt like I was. And people could reject you. They could have said no. And giving in my experience with, um, with grades and with pageantry, um, I wasn't really kind of used to being said no to. So I was definitely, um, I was so happy and so thrilled. I thought, okay, great. I made it. But then I, I did not know what true rejection meant until mm-hmm. I entered Penn. And mm-hmm. when I when I say that, I mean, you know, I may have been maybe in the top percentile of my class, but so was everybody else in my class. Mm-hmm. And coming into Penn, I mean, I've never heard of you having to interview just to be in a club. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, my goodness. I kid you not. They had like, <laughs> like two, three round interviews. Um, people had to dress up for these and they would like give you rejection letters and oh they God. would make you come in and sit in. Wow. And um, it was the same thing with internships, too. It was extremely competitive. It was a very competitive environment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Wharton, they, we had a reputation of being called snakes because we were all about just like getting the money and trampling over everybody. And I'm just like, well, I don't consider myself to be a snake. If anything, I'm like a garden <laughs> snake. If anything, I mean, they're nice and they're friendly. Um, but that was the one time where I was just, you know, told no so and it was incredibly frustrating and Mm -hmm. it it, it's really in those moments especially being in college where 
you know, you have to remember you're not alone at this. There are a lot of people who are on the same boat as you. And, you know, as soon as you young ladies know, I mean, talking to your parents, um, being sure they're there for you in college, it was totally different. I felt like I was completely isolated and alone. But no, there are a lot of people there who are on the same boat as you. And there are people there who want to help you. And it was that along the way I realized that this is a part of life. You know, this is what you're supposed to go through. Everything reason everything is towards a specific journey or end goal and you know if it's not what it's supposed to be you just you know sure it's going to hurt for a second but you got to keep moving forward you know and Mm -hmm. where I am now um, I'm working since I've graduated I moved to Charlotte I'm Mm -hmm. working with Bank of America I'm working with Merrill Um, Mm -hmm. I was trying to stay at the corporate office I actually got to go visit it last week and it was absolutely amazing and beautiful um, but it's, it took a lot of, I'd say, reflection, determination, and more just, you know, um, patience with myself. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. Yeah. And you talked about Wharton, um, obviously an amazing business school and also your job. So what did you major in and, um, or concentrated in how that lead you to choosing the job that you did? So I, my majors were finance and legal studies, um, With finance, it kind of just seems like um, a lot of the courses that I took in Wharton, they all seemed to kind of mesh in well together. They just all seemed to be related to one another. And that was the beauty I found in business. And so I found myself really kind of connecting with that in finance. So that's why I chose finance and legal studies. I've always been interested in law and they do require you to take some of these um, like legal studies courses. Um, like um, contract law, torts, and that kind of stuff. And then I really kind of um, really just became more interested in it. So I learned international trade law, um, CSR. uh, What was the other course that I took? Um, Employment law. And that was what was Mm -hmm. my other decision for wanting to major in legal studies because my goal is to hopefully get to law school, which means, you know, more studying, yay, Um, (laughs) education. But um, yeah, it was, and that's, that sense and from there um because with finance I actually really did not know what I wanted to do after graduation um to be perfectly honest I had sent in so many applications to so many internships and it was just rejected after rejected after rejected after rejection and by chance so I had gotten an email from Bank of America I had applied there but for a different position I had just gotten a rejection letter from them Um, I received a follow-up email saying, you know, if you're still looking for an internship, um, let us know, send us an email. So I just, I quickly jumped on it and I was able to work as a financial services representative um, and I picked in Chandler, Arizona. So I spent the summer there and I was really kind of introduced to like really why I kind of liked doing what I was doing because the role that I was mm-hmm. in we were I was basically helping clients um, manage their wealth manage their funds and everything but there were a lot of guardrails because I was not officially so what I wanted to do mm-hmm. next was I wanted to take it to the next step to where I can get my license and where I can actually advise people on what they what they should do and that led me mm-hmm. to my current position that I'm in now so I went from a financial services representative 
to a financial solutions advisor. So right now, what I'm doing is I'm uh, preparing for three examinations to get my license, the SIE, um, the Series 7, and the Series 6.6. Um, I have to pass those courses uh, in order to be able to speak to clients, to manage uh, manage them and talk about their accounts. And um, it's, it's really um, tedious work right now because, yeah. you know, I'm very familiar mm-hmm. with a lot of these concepts from college, but they just go into mm-hmm. so much more nitty gritty detail now. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's, it's interesting. It really is fascinating learning about all of this. And at the same time, learning about how COVID-19 has been affecting our economy. Um, Because at one point when COVID had broken out, I actually volunteered um, to do a part-time position with Bank of America with um, the CARES Act with um, small business loans. What I had to do was um, make sure that these small businesses, when they were applying for loans, make sure they had um, everything, um, all the requirements. So that was 401ks, 403s. And then I had to, you know, input their loan amounts in their calculator and see if they basically approved or, or they failed their loan requirements. And obviously this was for, because COVID-19 had really had a huge impact on all these small businesses. So it was crazy timing in, in all of this, you know, it's, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, this COVID-19 was just one, what, what we weren't expecting, but it also opened my eyes to where I am now and gave me like a better, like broader perspective of what I would be working on and how I would be more involved with Bank of America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely sounds like you've had your hands full the last couple of months with lots of plans and hopes for the oh, future. Oh, hopefully. We'll see, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, we'll see. And it certainly sounds, it certainly sounds like COVID has not stopped stop you from pursuing any of your um, future plans. We have to remain positive, mm-hmm. you know, in, in all of this. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing is, you know, we are not alone in here. Working together, being as one, I mean, not to sound the whole cliche and everything, but we, you know, we are going through this all together. And if we just stay positive for each other um, and just can one, remember to like wash your hands, um, stay six <laughs> feet apart, we, we, we will do what we can to be better at this. You know, I mean, this is like a learning experience for all of us. I mean, it's almost you know frustrating now I mean it annoys my mother when I leave the house without my mask on and um how a friend of mine went to the grocery store and how this lady without a mask on was just coughing coughing like not even covering her mouth and she just told her like can you like do you not know we're in a pandemic like can you cover your mouth (laughs) so you know it's it's working together seriously in all of this that makes a difference and we I feel like we have our technology has seriously evolved to where, you know, we know how to handle the situations. I mean, we see so many um, people offering courses online, uh, textbooks even, how we have like pageants nowadays, how instead of, you know, being able to do community service events, you can um, do them online instead, where if it's Instagram Live or, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, making donations, it's it's definitely makes me very, very thankful and grateful to be a part of this generation because I feel like we've uh, definitely been, prepare for that yeah of course Mm -hmm. and we're glad to hear that you're doing so well and I know like the future can seem very overwhelming or like an overstretch but uh where do you like technically see yourself within the next 10 years like why why did you choose why are you choosing to become a lawyer um and concentrate Mm. in that area 
Uh, for one, I probably blame Law and Order for that. <laughs> I love Law. I'm really that. curious. Um, but also, too, my father is a lawyer, and um, mm-hmm. I really have always just been interested in arguments and debates, and just um, st- like advocating for people's rights. And 10, 15 years time, I'm hoping I can hopefully work on my way to. I don't know, maybe towards the path, it's going to, it's a long shot, but, you know, assistant counselor, ADA, um, or the DA, I mean, I, you know, I want to be somewhere in a law firm, either as a prosecutor or a defense attorney, Um, Mm -hmm. definitely just working myself to the bone, helping people out in every way I can and arguing for them. And um, that's, that's where I see it. And I'm, if I see it that way, I'm passionate about it. I think I'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really inspiring and empowering, um, especially for us high schoolers to hear. But in your extracurriculars activities, um, I think you mentioned debate. Were there any other activities you pursued, um, which kind of were similar to the um, concentration you pursued um, or per- are pursuing? Now? You know, that's a great question, because, um, you know, I definitely for sure tried uh, with colleges and everything, but they just didn't want to give me mm-hmm. the chance to, you know, kind of show them what I can do. But really with instead, mm-hmm. um, I'd already kind of been doing this before college was pageantry. It was a great way to express myself to talk about myself and my goals and my beings, you know, being on stage when they ask you um, an on stage question, it was a perfect time to have an opinion about something and to have a voice. And mm-hmm. in that sense, that really kind of give gave me the um, the motiv- motivation that I needed for Penn. You know, I was taking a lot of courses where they were hot on discussions and political debates. And, you know, I had to be assertive and tell them, you know, why I believe it's this and, you know, why it's that. And teachers, professors, they noticed it. I remember one time uh, we were doing a mock trial. Well, actually, no, it's not a mock trial. It was a real case um, that actually yeah. started in Georgia. Now, I don't know if you girls have seen this, but the Supreme Court just ruled on it. Um, it was about the civil rights, um, Title VII, um, basically not discriminating against uh, gay people and transgender people. And so mm-hmm. they just ruled on that. And that's a huge, 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 huge victory. Because um, mm-hmm. for my class, our professor, you know, basically, while the Supreme Court was still deciding, they made us decide on that case. They did a whole mock trial mm-hmm. and everything. And I was supposed to play the role as a Supreme Court justice and as the um, as a prosecutor. I had gotten confused between my dates and they told me, like, no, this is the day you're supposed to be prosecuting. I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, OK, um, I, OK, I know I, I had no idea. And my professor was like, well, do you want to, like, you know, take a day and study because this is a big chunk of your grade? I mean, luckily, I had already mm-hmm. like prepared a whole bunch of notes. I don't know, like the day before, because I thought I was going to serve as a judge first, then the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, that's okay. I, I can do it. I can do it. She's like, are, are you sure? Like, cause this, this is, you know, you're great. I'm like, no, I got this. I got this. I can do it. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it was perfect. You know, she was really impressed at how I could think about it right on the spot, how I had an answer to everything. And um, that was definitely one of my favorite courses because uh, A plus in that one, man. I mean, that's just, that's, that's so hard at Penn. So I was, I thoroughly enjoyed that mm-hmm. class and it really gave me a real, um, a real experience, a real situation um, 
because it was a, like I said, it was a real case that was um, waiting in the Supreme Court for a final decision, which was going to affect our whole nation after. So being on the decision side where they said that, you know, you should not be discriminated against um, homosexuals and transgender people. I was just like, yes, yay, I win. (laughs) That was so that was fun. Yeah, I think it's so cool how um, these mock trials can be timed in the real world. W- real world, and um, it's ironic that you mention it because um, I'm a huge mock trial nerd myself. Um, it's um, part of the school's club and everything, and it's um, I think it's really interesting the takeaways that, like you said, you can get from these quote mock trial cases, which are even ruled in the Supreme Court. In this case, um, the one that you guys did, which was a legitimate mock trial which you guys got to um, experience and work with which I think is really cool yeah, it was it was a lot of fun she gave us a lot of information um, going to all about the petitions and all of their summaries um, I mean we had to read all of them and she actually we had to write um, we had to write our own um, appeal or our own summary and that's a five page single space paper um, if you can avoid that that'd be great uh, because I was just like oh my goodness this is, this is absolutely nuts um but at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, if I want to be a lawyer, um, I will have to do this stuff. So it was great. I got my firsthand experience on that. So I know what to expect and hopefully, I guess, plan it a little bit better moving forward. Not a last minute assignment. Don't do anything last minute. I don't recommend it. <laughs> for sure. And thank you for sharing that. I learned a lot right but now, perfect. actually. Um, but uh, we also know that you are an avid traveler and even took a semester abroad. So could you tell us about how this experience impacted you and what sort of lessons you took away? Because I'm kind of shifting gears a bit, but we honestly just are really curious to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, I, yes, I did travel abroad. This was my senior year in the fall. I traveled to Japan. And I picked Japan because I took Japanese all four years in high school and I took two semesters in college. And a lot of my friends at the time were, you know, I hadn't even really thought about studying abroad or it was kind of one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, I want to do it. But then you don't really get around to it. And then, you know, all of a sudden you graduate. So I was at that point where a lot of my friends were going during their this was my junior year. My friends were gone in the spring semester where I was just like, you know what, all my friends are doing, I really should go do it now. And senior fall semester is the last opportunity, the last chance to study abroad. So mm-hmm. I jumped on that. And um, I, yeah, I went to Japan. And that was quite mm-hmm. the whirlwind experience, because I've mm-hmm. always been the type of person to be like asking my mom, like, what should I do? What should I, you know, do? What should I say? I mean, because everything was on my own. I mean, I am like so many thousand miles away from home that my mom can't just, you know, okay, I'll buy you a ticket. I'll come meet you. Like, no problem. Um, it, was, mm-hmm. it was really kind of just, you're really on your own out here. And immersing myself into a different language, a different culture, it really mm-hmm. taught me um, a lot about independence and self-confidence. Because one, you're talking to someone with no sense of direction, okay? Like, I, I, I don't <laughs> know a map. I, I depended on heavily on the Yes. Yeah, I can <laughs> And if you guys know about Japan, they have the most crazy, intricate, complex train system in the world <laughs> on the outside. That's wow. how it looks. But once you're mm-hmm. in there, it seems so hard. But for me, I was always just so intimidated by it. But pretty soon, mm-hmm. I was just thinking, you know, I want to go do something on the weekends. I want to go out. I want to go see the country. I found myself taking mm-hmm. a lot of solo expeditions, solo trips, um, 
jumping on the regular train, the bullet train to all different parts of Japan. And that Mm -hmm. really was perfect. It was a great learning experience for me. One, it taught me to be Mm -hmm. like one aware of my surroundings, how to immerse myself and be respectful. And I think more just like, you know, if you get stuck, you know, (laughs) that you can find your way back, no problem. Um, it definitely have mm-hmm. I definitely couldn't be looking at my phone and miss my train station. You know, I had to be definitely cognizant of, you know, what was happening, what was going on. And it really kind of just made me enjoy Japan and made me enjoy nature. I remember this beautiful garden that I went to in Hiroshima that just seriously, mm-hmm. I could, I, I could seriously just tell you guys just how beautiful and exhilarating, how well kept it was. I mean, if you guys mm-hmm. were there, you would just being like, you know, I didn't want to take a picture of this because it would just take away the beauty, just visualizing it, just looking at it. You know, it it was Mm -hmm. one of those moments where you just admired nature. It was nature at its finest. It was so beautiful and you didn't want to leave. Um, And that Mm -hmm. was the best, one of the best highlight experiences being in Japan. It was so worth it. I loved it. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. And it certainly sounds like it was a wonderful senior experience getting to do that, especially in such an absolutely fascinating country. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, but also, I will yeah. say, though, um, my, my mom swears to this day. My mom is in um, OBGYN. She thinks that mm-hmm. I did get COVID. And uh, <laughs> she might be right. Um, because when I came back from Japan, I came back in around uh, December, right? And a friend of mm-hmm. mine was having a birthday party in New York. And I was there and another friend of mine just came from um, China. And that was when the virus was really starting to break out and she was not feeling well. We didn't know if it was really like COVID symptoms, but it kind of seemed like a food poisoning at one point. Um, But I Mm -hmm. remember like the week after I was sick in bed. I had the flu shot too. I was sick in bed for two days with crazy flu symptoms and I had the Mm -hmm. flu shot. And since then, you know, my mom was just like, I think you had it. I'm like, no, I don't think I had it. Like, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure now, like, yeah, I I think I had it. Um, I mean, because since then, everything's about timing, right? I mean, they had to cancel all the kids who were already abroad. They had to tell them to come back home now. I had a friend Mm -hmm. who was supposed to be studying abroad in Japan. um, But, you know, then COVID happened and they just canceled all the trips. And it, it, it was just you know, like, wow, oh my goodness, like, I was just there, and I was not expecting Mm -hmm. this, you know, I can only imagine now um, how, like, the daily life, daily commutes to work look, I mean, because, you know, if you're sick in Japan, they will wear masks, Mm -hmm. they, to be, you know, um, mindful of other people, make sure you don't get them sick, Um, so Mm -hmm. imagine that with COVID, it's just, I can just see Everyone, mothers, fathers, children, grandparents, everyone just has masks. And if you don't wear a mask, you will be getting second looks. Like, what is wrong with you? Of course. course. So, uh, of course, you're a traveler and you're a woman in business involved in pageantry and so much more. So we want to know what advice would you give to someone who would look up to you? A young girl or a young woman? Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, that's that's a great question. (laughs) I I think I would say... take everything and try it out, you know, learn, try something new every single day because you might surprise yourself. I think with Mm -hmm. me being in pageants, it was just something by chance. I got it in the mail and I just decided, Hey, I want to do this. Who would have known 
I felt I would fall in love with it. And this would be my serious extracurricular activity for 10 years. Um, You know, I wasn't totally sure on applying to Penn, but I was encouraged Mm -hmm. to do it. And I'm so glad I did because I applied early decision and I got in and I, my whole Mm -hmm. life was just changed being at Penn. And then Mm -hmm. same thing with studying abroad. If I didn't take the chance, I would have spent probably the rest of my college years, you know, reflecting back, regretting me not there. And it's Mm -hmm. not just the, you know, taking these chances, taking the risk. It's what you're going to learn in the process when you do them. You're going to learn so much more about yourself than you realize. I mean, for me, I, um, I found out too, I was diagnosed with um, ADD and anxiety in college. And, you know, that was a huge thing for me because I, that was the first time I was introduced to accommodations, um, being in rooms with, um, with extended time, sensory deprivation. It was totally brand new to me. And on top mm-hmm. of that, too, it opened my eyes and made me want to get active and involved with um, the Learning Disabilities of America Association. I was trying to work with the chapter in Pennsylvania, uh, trying to get them and the, just, just so happened they formed a new group for disability advocates at Penn, um, you know, being <laughs> between them. So I guess mm-hmm. my whole thing is, is that whether you are not sure about something, you know, go for it because you just might surprise mm-hmm. yourself and you might, you know, if you don't love it, then you don't love it. But don't you rather have just found out and just, you know, know for yourself than just be too quick to judge, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And I think it's amazing to hear about you taking these risks. And I think um, what you said, yeah, like, I think we can all agree on that, that the what ifs are the worst part of life. And I think taking that risk, taking that leap of faith is just so important in life. And I think that's something that we can all learn from and grow from. Absolutely. I mean, just, it's better to just, you know, try everything. Have you guys seen Zootopia? I mean, I can't be yeah, that. I okay, have. great. Oh I'm not that old. Great. Yeah. You know that song, Try Everything with Shakira? I love that song. Exactly. I all the time. Right? So I, I actually love that song. a perfect example of what I'm talking about here. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. try everything, even though you'll make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We all do. That's life. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we have have to remember, too, life is is not set. It's not a planned thing that we can just map out. Life is going to throw things at you like COVID-19. We Mm -hmm. I mean, the important thing Mm -hmm. is to give yourself patience and to roll with it. I mean, you're talking to someone who Mm -hmm. was just so determined that she can control every aspect of her life from like beginning to present to future. And with mm-hmm. this COVID, you can't do that because one, it'll drive you absolutely insane. But two, that actually kind of mm-hmm. just keeps you from enjoying life. You know, mm-hmm. you, don't don't mm-hmm. be so sh- like bored on a specific path. You know, try something different. Mm-hmm. Go go through a detour, and you learn about yourself along the way, and mm-hmm. and you won't regret it. I don't think you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's very inspirational and empowering to hear. Um, so with these podcasts, we like to end off with something that we call our daily segment. It's called What's Your Fight Song? So to give you some context, Rachel Platten wrote a motivational song back in 2015. It was called Fight Song. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, we want to ask you, Jordan. So what is your response to the question? What is your quote unquote fight song? I think you might have answered this in 
um, one of our cla- last questions of Zootopia. Yeah. But um, what motivates you to get up every single day and do these amazing things that you do? It can be a song, a person, activity, whatever you'd like to share. Oh, that's oh, see, see, you're asking about my alarm clocks now. See, that, that's a different question category. And I, I tell you, I kid you not, um, my favorite song that's my alarm clock is the Dolly Parton Nine to Five. It's a, it's a seriously like you guys, you guys have heard of it, right? Yeah, I've definitely that heard of is that what without a doubt one of my favorites. It's just one of those things that just kind of like you know if you're not really a morning person, Dolly's the right person to mm-hmm. just get you in that mood and you can just do it. I mean, sure you're gonna probably have some fallbacks, but you know what? At nine to five, you can still live your life and you will <laughs> still be the fun person that you are at the end of it. So highly love that. Recommend that song. Love it and also try everything. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. great. Thank you for that advice and thank you for sharing so much about yourself. We had so much fun getting to know you more. And um, yeah, we're just really grateful that you're here with us. Well, I'm so glad um, to be a part of us. Thank you both so much for having me. I'm very excited for you Mm -hmm. both. And if I can be perfectly honest, it's seeing these initiatives like you're doing with your podcast. It's very inspirational for um, our generation. So I want to thank you both for that. It's very inspiring. I think you're inspiring so many other young ladies with us. Thank you for listening to another episode of Women at Work. This is Danielle and Shivali. Catch you guys next time.